welcome to Raw the Podcast with Emma and Amy, where we talk real and raw with mamas who have had to fight and be fierce, who have been thrown curveballs and faced adversity. We discuss everything from premature birth and NICU life to special needs and infant loss. Nothing is off topic. We hope that by opening up and being vulnerable, we can break down the walls and start to remove some of the shame and stigma associated with these traumatic experiences while helping other mamas feel less alone. I'm Emma, a rural living mum to two preemie and medically complex girls, Hazel Earthside and our warrior Willow up in the stars. And I'm Amy, special needs and medical mama to preemie boys James and Jack and a fierce advocate for the preemie and special needs community. We don't share your average mama stories and this isn't your average podcast. Raw is unrefined and breaks through the bullshit of navigating guilt, grief and trauma. I mean, let's be honest, we've been through more shit than some could ever imagine. So at this point, we don't really have a filter. But with this being said, please note, we do talk about sensitive topics in our episodes, which we know can be distressing. We give this warning simply to empower you, our audience, with the knowledge you need to make healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast content. Please take care of yourselves and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. And lastly, let us assure you that it's not all bad and sad. Above all, we hope to shine a light on the life-changing perspective and appreciation that only these experiences can give you. We share the overwhelming joys and triumphs that our little miracles, both here and in heaven, bring to our lives. And we discuss the inspiration and hope we have gained from this community. While our experiences are individually unique, we are forever a part of something truly special. A community of fierce mama bears and their cubs navigating the storm. And together we'll roar. Welcome back to another episode of Raw the Podcast. It's Amy here and I'm so excited to have Emma back co-hosting this week. I've certainly missed her face on the other side of the screen. So this week's episode is really special. We're joined by the incredibly inspiring and much-loved members of the Premi, NICU and Lost community, Casey and Trent Brooks. If you've been a part of the Miracle Mama community, you will know about these guys and probably feel as excited as we are for the episode. They're such an epic team who have been through so much. They have the kindest hearts and have already touched so many with their story. I know there's been a lot of hype around this episode coming out this week, so I'm really excited to share this with you all. So for those that don't know, Casey and Trent were thrown into the NICU world when their first son, Bodie James, was born prematurely at 25 weeks in 2020, weighing just 374 grams. Bodie had a turbulent NICU journey and fought so hard but devastatingly grew his wings after four and a half months. Then loss made ripples through the Premier community and was felt so deeply by so many. Casey and Trent fell pregnant approximately six months later, but experienced a high-risk pregnancy with similar complications, and while they were able to gain an extra 15 days of pregnancy, their second son Teddy was also born prematurely at 27 weeks, weighing not much more at just 493 grams. Once again, their NICU journey was rocky, but this time, after 124 days, they got to bring their son home. Teddy is now eight months old, or five months corrected. He weighs 4.2 kilos, he started giggling, rolling, and even eating, and his little smile will melt your heart. In this episode, we asked Casey and Trent about the toll of enduring child loss and a subsequent high-risk pregnancy and NICU journey, along with grief, men's mental health, and what the future holds. We hope you love it. Welcome Casey and Trent. Thank you so much for joining us. This is actually really exciting. You guys are the first couple we've had on the pod and Trent, you're actually our first male guest. So thank you. This is huge because we know obviously that the men aren't represented enough in this community and they really should be. So thanks for having the courage to step up and talk to us and be the voice for the guys out there. We love what you both do and the awareness that you bring and how genuinely you share your story. You're both really humble and inspirational without really trying to be, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So we'll jump straight into it. How are you both doing? We know Teddy's Premier journey is still very much ongoing and there's a lot happening that people don't necessarily see. As we often say, the Premier journey doesn't end when you leave the NICU. So can you give us a little update on your beautiful little Teddy, which we see all over social media and what he's up to and how he's going? Yeah, so, I mean, he's he's actually doing really well. So um, he is, well, eight months actual today, five months corrected. So big eight-month-old today. Um, 
Yeah, we're just like ongoing appointments. Um, and I think obviously we've just moved into states. So um, we're just trying to transfer his care up to Queensland. So we've been in and out of QCH and um, we're seeing different specialists at different hospitals. So a little bit more messy than it was um, yeah. down in Victoria. Mm. But yeah, we're just um, trying to get the grasp of the lay of the land up here. And, yeah, that's um, right. I forgot that you'd recently up. moved. That's, um, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we're just trying to get the lay of the land. Yeah. Um, but he's doing amazing. He yeah. is a little trooper. He's so good. Yeah. He's so cute. I was literally just watching your stories. Yeah. <laughs> Ogling yeah. over him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we sort of wanted to start by talking about Mother's Day, which was last weekend, and obviously carries a lot of emotion and sorrow for lost mamas like yourself, Casey. Yeah. So what did Mother's Day sort of look like for you and how did you manage trying to honour darling little Teddy while grieving Bodhi at the same time? Yeah, I guess um, it's hard, you know, like Mother's Day, I felt like I wanted to wake up in the morning and just be like so grateful that. I mean, last year I didn't have a baby to mm. celebrate Mother's Day. I was a mum, like I was a mum, but I didn't have a baby to celebrate this. So I think like I woke up um, and I just wanted to be like, oh, my God, like I have a baby, like this is so exciting. But then in the back of your mind, you know, you always think like, well, I have two babies and mm. they're both to celebrate with me. So, mm. um, yeah, it does make it a little bit hard, doesn't it? So, mm. yeah, we kind of just had a nice um, morning, just the two of us, and then we um, just mostly tried to set, spend the day surrounded by my family. Um, my beautiful sister um, wrote a card for me from Bodie and Teddy, which was lovely. Mm. Yep. And, um, yeah, flowers and yeah we just kind of tried to I guess like stay surrounded by family mm. and yeah. yeah 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 it is a hard combination isn't it you've kind of got that that saying of grieving but being grateful at the same time so yeah. you've still got it in the back Bodhi will always be in the back of your mind but you have to be present in the moment and celebrate now for Teddy yeah. and the mum that you are but it is it is a really it's a weird day because you've got both emotions and I don't know about you Trent but I know that um my husband really struggles to support on days like that so how did you feel going into Mother's Day Trent and was there anything that you did that you think sort of helped or are there things that other people can do with partners that are, are grieving the loss on a special day like Mother's Day? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely um, a big challenge for, for any couple um, that is dealing with a loss. Um, so for the Mother's Day after Bodhi passed away, that was a pretty difficult day to try and celebrate for Casey. Um, mm. Yeah, as you mentioned, with not being there. So I um, got a few things that were personal and that included Bodhi, even though he wasn't with us anymore. And then for the Mother's Day just gone, um, I got her some flowers and some jewellery and tried to make it more more of a positive sort of optimistic situation where she was gifted something that was memorable. This was her first Mother's Day with Teddy with us as well. So trying to make sure that she felt... Uh, supported and knows that she's cared for by all of us yeah so Trent um for Mother's Day last year um wrote a letter from Bodie to me so um which yeah it was lovely so um yeah wrote some special words from him which was really special so that's something um, you'll cherish forever absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah so, yeah um, Trent you're amazing yeah. you hold like I know. the highest standard for husbands I swear yeah. like <laughs> I, I watch all that you do on social media and I'm like this guy is a keeper he's a legend yeah <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it's kind of um tricky for you as well though Trent I'm guessing you guys feel each other's pain and grief quite strongly um especially like again on days like Mother's Day but Casey you probably felt feel the same you know when Father's Day and things roll around um do you guys sort of talk about those those days and what that means and you know how how the other one might like to celebrate it or spend it or do you just trust your gut and go off of what you think's right yeah, I guess, I mean, for me and I think Trent as well, um, the communication for us is like yeah. key. So we just try and talk about things and just make sure that the other person knows, hey, like today is hard for me and I'm struggling. Yeah. So like, 
you know, and then like he knows, oh, like I make sure I tread a bit lightly or like make sure she's okay. Um, And I think vice versa for Trent Mm. if he's feeling it more I mean Mother's Day morning I remember um Trent was just like what's the matter what's the matter and then mm. I was like oh I just miss Brody like yeah. it was weird. I should yeah. have two babies right now yeah. like yeah. it's just weird yeah. so you know then I guess we know that um you know he knew then that I was feeling it a little bit more and yeah. to um yeah try and yeah just make him aware of it I guess yeah yeah and like you said, it is about that communication because the last thing you would want is each other thinking that the other person is doing something wrong that's making you upset. So communicating that it, it hasn't actually got anything to do with you two, it's just you're having a day or you're having a moment and communicating that is, is so important. Yeah, yeah, getting it out there in the open mm. and then, um, mm. yeah, it kind of it makes you feel better as yeah. well. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right, we're going to go back to NICU. So mm-hmm. you've been through the roller coaster twice, obviously yep. each time with a very different ending. Um, so talk us through being back in the NICU environment the second time around after losing Bodie. Obviously there was a lot of trauma and anxiety and I guess was it almost harder the second time knowing a little too much and worrying that you could lose Teddy, having that, I guess, yeah, having almost too much information um, going in or yeah give us a little bit of an insight into the second time around well I think um, I think you're right it is it is a bit of an Achilles heel when you've got so much knowledge about mm. um, the NICU experience to go back there a second time yeah um, kind of kind of makes the situation 10 times worse there's definitely a compounding feeling when you walk through the doors with your second child so you didn't get to leave with your first child, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that makes it um, – that's compounding what you're feeling, you know, and I, I struggled a lot um, yep. with Teddy with Teddy's journey in the NICU on that on that very point alone is that I, got, I unfortunately had to leave my first son, mm. you know, in, in the NICU yeah. um, after he passed away and now I'm coming back with my second son and yeah. don't know – the outcome at that moment in time yeah yeah I remember saying lots of times like you know too much if that yeah. makes like if yeah. that makes sense oh absolutely like, yeah you kind of like we walked in the door and you just literally have no idea right yeah like, ignorance is bliss like. yeah. 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 yeah yeah nobody knows what it's like inside those doors mm. so walking in for the second time you know too much and especially after losing Bodie um and I mean we went back to the same hospital right so yeah, um, the triggers walking yeah. through the exact same doors um yeah. you know all the same nurses all the same doctors everybody mm. knew us and it was like mm. oh you're back you're back and it's like yeah um mm. so yeah it just makes it 10 times harder and yeah. um yeah you just I guess prepare yourself for the worst and I just remember feeling a lot like mm. maybe a little bit of disconnect towards the whole situation because like you don't want yeah. to like think about I guess what might happen. Um, yeah, so yeah. Just yeah. You're still trying to stay optimistic. That's right. Trying to stay stay optimistic, but then also like treading with caution a little bit because yep. you know like what could happen. Did you feel yeah. that throughout your pregnancy as well? Ah, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think pregnancy was Trent's shaking his head and putting his hands yeah. head in his hands. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Like, the second yeah. time and I think I remember feeling like oh something bad has happened to me mm. once before like something bad is surely going to happen again like I'm going to be the person to have a miscarriage or I'm going to be the person who like something really horrible happens to mm. just because something yeah. horrible has happened once so Things that I'd never even thought about in my first pregnancy, I guess you think about, oh, yeah, like, you know, all these things could happen and you just overanalyze every single situation. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm seeing the same doctors, you know, in yeah. the same room and, yeah, like eventually got to the point where we were give, being given the exact same news and it's yeah. like almost like deja vu, you know, you're yeah. literally yeah. walking the same path that you walked the year before yeah. and, mm-hmm. yeah. even now that you're obviously home with Teddy do you still feel like you still have those anxieties about what's what's coming or how he's going or do you feel quite at ease um I mean he really like he 
has done so well. But yeah, yeah, leaving the hospital, I just remember mm. thinking about yeah, like the drive home, the drive home. Mm, I remember yeah. us talking so to each quiet. other in the um, like we were sitting in the front of the, the car, and um, I convinced myself that I wasn't going to be that like anxiety mum that sits mm. in the back of the car with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not gonna be that person, and I was like, no, no, like I've got this. And then on the way home, Trent drive five k's an hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's very quiet, and I just remember staring, like peeking over his little into his Okay, but yeah, Yeah. like I mean, I think about all these things, like safe sleep, and you know, you overanalyze literally every single situation because you're like, oh, I've you know lost one baby before. Mm. Yeah. going to be my reality where it could happen again you know yeah I remember coming home the first couple of nights and um the room obviously be really dark <laughs> sorry the room would be really dark you know and ready he's in bed asleep and I would be lying in bed and we we're going to bed as well and I'm like trying to convince myself that he's okay mm, yeah. I'd get out of the bed and go over to his mm-hmm. cot and make sure that he was still breathing mm-hmm. you know because yeah. I'm yeah. paranoid yeah of losing him yeah you know? absolutely. So even though you, you finally get to go home and you're mm. still on edge yeah. and you know mm. paranoid that you, mm. you, you're still very real that you can lose him so yeah. that was yeah. Uh, like, the, like the drive home you're looking in the uh, rear vision mirror and you've got his little mirror looking down at him and there's this two kilo babies sitting yeah. in the child seat built for up to a four-year-old you know yeah so, isn't it insane how small they are in those little captions yeah. it is crazy yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. all of us were like, oh, they're so big. Like, oh, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 400 grams, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, so small. Yeah. So small. Yeah. yeah. So, Trent, how did you go being a NICU dad? I feel like there is a lot of focus on the mothers in this environment and there's almost a stigma that dads are the strong ones and should be supporting their partner yet you're experiencing all of the same trauma and emotions. And on top of that, you're often worried about the health of your partner too. How did you go with all of this? Did you find that to be the case or how was your NICU experience personally as a male? Yeah, I think the, I mean, I was, I was pretty naive with the whole situation and um, that sort of a stigma where the, where the husband or the father is typically the one to, you know, to carry the weight for the rest of the family going through mm-hmm. the ordeal was definitely there. And mm-hmm. I, um, I don't think I've really understood how much of a toll it takes on oneself until after Bodhi had passed away. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of went into a bit of a downward spiral. I needed um, some mental health support mm-hmm. to try and process um, what I just experienced after yeah. four and a half months, you know, and then you include mm-hmm. the the pregnancy on top of that you yeah. know so mm-hmm. that's um it's definitely something that's not not spoken about if at all mm-hmm. um, the toll that it takes on fathers in this situation and I think mm-hmm. um you know like I still see a psychologist today to help me through yeah um with the, with the constant on, ongoing battles that that you deal with after mm-hmm. going through child loss and then yeah. subsequent pregnancy um going through the NICU yet again yeah, um, it's definitely yeah. not an easy thing to, to kind of live with. Mm. Um, so that's definitely a challenge, and I think yeah. um, I'm trying as much as I can uh, through social media mm. to, to kind of talk about how I've felt throughout the time, how I feel in the current mm. in the current time of my life, and you know, and I try to encourage anybody um, to reach out and speak, especially around mental health. It's not mm. only in my personal personal life and my professional career as well, you know, mental health is a really big, um, I guess, uh, issue that we all have to deal with throughout our mm. lives. And being mm. an advocate yeah. for that is something I'm, I'm pretty, mm. I'm pretty uh, on top of. So, yeah, I'd like to um, yeah. keep talking about it as much as I can, yeah. Mm. We're so thankful that you've come on and yeah. opened up to here because yeah. it is, yeah, I know obviously Scott, um, going through the NICU journey twice, very similar um, feelings and experience to you. Obviously, completely different journeys, but I think the trauma, especially surrounding um, our first baby James's birth, where he was literally sort of 
waiting in a corridor not knowing whether I or mm. our baby was survive was going to survive it um and because in that moment we've talked so much about this on this podcast but in that moment mm. you're just so in survival mode and you don't have a chance to even realize or um, understand any of those feelings until further down the track so I think even yeah. starting starting the conversations early as well um, mm. so that there's some supports a little bit earlier on because it is it's yeah. it's huge and there is a focus on the mothers in that environment and um, yeah it's I think that that's a big thing that needs to change obviously the mothers need support as well but yeah. um, not forgetting forgetting the dads and the partners mm. yeah and I think definitely yeah. like you said that continuation of support post being discharged from hospital like you said you're kind of in that fight or flight mode while you're in hospital you don't have the chance Mm. to think about yourself or your mental health so you say often say no to a lot of the to to a lot of the supports that are offered to you just because you're trying to do the right thing and look after each other and look after your baby but when you leave the hospital not often are you asked those questions about how are you or how Mm. are you how is your mental health it's usually just about the baby that you've brought home so I think that's definitely a huge yeah. gap and something that needs to be done better. Yeah. Absolutely. Even for mothers, there's there's a huge yeah. gap in that yeah. regard oh, after coming yeah. home. Yeah. yeah. There needs yeah. to be like a follow-up appointment for the something. parents yeah. after an acute yeah. experience. She, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And like even yeah. continuous, like you said. Yeah. 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 So Trent, did you did you receive any support at all during the NICU? Like obviously I'm guessing you had family and friends, but did you did they offer any support for you like in the hospital? Did a social worker or anyone speak to you guys? Yeah, well I mean even uh, family and friends is to a limit because both mm-hmm. of our children have come into this world through COVID nineteen. Yeah. So yeah. the restrictions, um, mm-hmm. especially living in Victoria. So, you know, I remember sixty days or something we were in lockdown in Victoria and only one parent could be at the NICU at one time. Mm-hmm. You know, so the support that you could receive from family friends is only limited to away from the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. no, yeah, you can't receive any support within the hospital. But mm-hmm. um, directly with uh, Monash Hospital, which is where both our kids have been born, um, there is a social work team that do come and see you. Um, normally once a week you'll see them mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty good you know they kind of just want to know how you're doing how you're coping at the mm-hmm. hospital how's your child going and then how yeah. are you at home yeah um, and then they'll also have other different support networks they can link you in with should you require mm. um, a little bit more help yeah and yep. they also attend uh, the family meetings which for, for Bodhi was of an extreme occurrence like that would be a, a like a common thing for mm. for Bodhi's wife he um, was quite sick so mm. we would have a lot of family meetings with consultants and the neonatologists yeah. to try and figure out the next course of action to to, to treat him and help him with mm. his life. Um, where Teddy, um, fortunately, didn't have as many. I think maybe just a handful throughout his four months in the NICU. Um, but mm. they, the social work team are really good. They always come along. And they want to make sure you're doing it right, and they're kind of. Um, they kind of just sit in the middle in a sense where they don't they don't really have any biased opinion. They just want yeah. to know how you're going and yeah. they just yeah. listen to the doctor's feedback. Yeah. yeah. And did you feel you were honest with the social workers? I remember getting a visit from the social worker early on and I don't think I actually I – I almost feel like I was just in so much shock that I didn't realise how I was feeling. Yeah. Like I just yeah. remember going, yeah. oh, no, I'm fine. And then like yeah. a few weeks well, later I, I was that's... like, I'm not fine. <laughs> I think yeah. that's the immediate reaction, isn't it? You're yeah. going through a large amount of trauma, yet you don't really think about yourself. Yeah. You're yeah. more concerned about your child that's yeah. that's not doing so great right now. So the focus yeah. is uh, strictly, you know, eyes on them and you don't really consider yeah. how you're feeling or how you're processing yeah. any of your emotions until after the fact. And I think for the, yeah, like I mentioned, for the time of Bodhi's life, that was always my answer. Like I'm, I'm fine, yeah. I'm more worried than yeah. everyone else. And it got me like a freight train at the end. Whereas mm. I think um, after getting some support and then um, subsequent pregnancy with Teddy, I was perhaps a bit too open and honest with the <laughs> with the with the social work team um, that came. It was a different person as well, so they didn't know me before, and um, you know probably told them a bit too much of how I was feeling and perhaps yeah. too honest, and that might have created more cause for concern because. Yeah. They didn't kind of get the brush off here. Yeah, I'm okay. They yeah. kind of got yeah. 
But again, that just shows second time around, like you knew, Mm. you knew what you knew and you knew that you needed support. Yeah. 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 That experience is something you you wouldn't wish on anybody to go through and to go through it multiple times as, as you ladies would know, you know, it's a tough experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think I personally um, struggled with the environment. Having a social worker approach you in the in the middle of an ICU when you're surrounded by doctors, nurses, other mums to like, I knew as soon as I would say that I'm not okay, I was just going to break mm. down in tears and I was just not willing to do that a lot of the time because I just didn't want to in that environment. So I don't know if you were a bit the same, Amy. Well, no, I... I was approached in the postnatal room, uh, postnatal ward, so I was still admitted. So it must yeah, have been okay. really early yeah. on. I reckon it must have been within the first. I was only yeah, there for five right. days as an inpatient, so um, I think it was just too early. Yeah. I think maybe if someone had approached me later, yeah. I might have been more receptive. But I remember yeah. being invited to the Miracle yeah. Babies nurture groups that they run, um, which is just essentially other families oh, yeah. that are in the hospital. Um, we, yeah. Every Tuesday, I think they had like a meeting, and I just was so, I just brushed it off I didn't even think twice about going like I was just so in my lane and focused on yeah on James yeah and that I just I just didn't have the capacity for that but looking back now I'm literally a support you know I have a support network and I support people and it's just funny how in that moment I was not I couldn't yeah I couldn't have been around other people in socializing but yeah it's just it's funny how everyone is so different in that environment and you just yeah yeah, and you don't know how you're going to react or Mm. yeah don't you feel like yeah. as a mother, like they're approaching you while you're there and you're like, mm. you know, trying to be there and be present yeah. and yeah. Um, with your child, yeah. like yeah. taking it all in, everything that's going on and yeah. like, you don't want to be that person that's like sitting next to your child's no. side, sobbing. Yeah. 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 And which is so which is so totally fine like why do we have why and that's what I think yeah yeah Yeah. and that's what I think now I think why was I so worried to say that I wasn't okay and be crying in the ICU like why when everyone else is probably wanting to do the same thing yeah Yeah. so why are we so worried about it yeah shouldn't we just be yelling out across the other side of the room and being like I don't know what you're feeling (laughs) This fucking sucks, yeah. But I feel yeah. like I feel like no, if one yeah. mum started, then the rest it'd just like snowball. Like it'd be the next cotton and the next cotton. Yeah. Oh, when we got to special care, that was totally me. We shared special care room with two other mums, and we just all used to cry yeah. together. Oh, but yeah. that's beautiful. That's so nice. Yes. At least you know you've got someone there to. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, so I want to spend some time talking about Bodhi. He was so adored in our community and he inspired so many with his fight. I personally will never forget his cheeks and his chins. <laughs> Tell us some of your favourite memories of Bodhi and what's the first thing you think of when you think of him? I guess, yeah, for um, Bodhi's journey, I mean, his, we knew from right from the start, like a baby being born at 374 grams, he was going to have a tough, tough journey and we kind of... Um, you know, were briefed well and truly early on from the doctors of, you know, he might not come home um, with you guys. So I think, um, yeah, we just kind of tried to take all the moments in because we didn't Mm. know like what Mm. kind of situation he was going to be in, whether we were actually going to get to go home. So, I mean, for me, I remember um, he, cheeky boy, um, himself um, during the night and I got a phone call while I was staying at Ronald McDonald House that he had um, pulled out his own breathing tube and decided that he wanted to be on CPAP, which we had been, I mean, he'd been on um, a breathing tube for two, two and a half months. Yeah. 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 So we kind of just didn't really think that, you know, maybe he might ne- not ever get to CPAP. So yeah. I remember just being really excited. And from then on, we kind of really were able to make some beautiful memories. So yeah. we were able to do baths with him. He moved into mm-hmm. an open cot. We, we started wearing clothes, you know, all those kinds of things that you don't get to do when um, babies are intubated. So they um, are beautiful memories mm-hmm. that I will hold so close to my heart because we got to actually enjoy him and yeah. having a baby, um, you know, which, yeah, when he was intubated and kind of in his incubator, we didn't really get to do those things, which yeah. is lots of 
kangaroo care and, um, mm. yeah, sitting by his cotside because, I mean, there was lots of times when he wasn't well enough to even come out for kangaroo care. Mm. So, yep. yeah, when we got to do those things, that's kind of, um, yeah, the memories now that I will hold very close to my heart. Mm. Yeah. I think one of the earlier on memories that I'm quite fond of is, um, again, during during the lockdowns when only one parent could be there. So I would used to go to work in the morning and come into the hospital and, and spend some time with him in the afternoon and Casey would be having a cuddle and they would literally, the nurses would pick him up and he would be floating like in midair like Superman. He <laughs> would run out of the forebirth down to the elevators and we'd quickly swap out and I'd run in, oh, get me wow. just for a few more hours, you know. So, oh, that you know, breaks yeah. my heart. Like it makes me, yeah, gives me goosebumps. Like yeah. that has to, had to be your yeah. reality. Like, yeah, yeah gosh. Literally, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, yeah and yeah. sometimes not even seeing each other because I was staying at Ronald McDonald house and Trent was still living at home so we would like just quickly be like hey in the elevator yeah, um so you. they would be holding Bodie waiting for Quint to, Trent to quickly slip under me yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh. yeah gosh aren't they amazing the staff in there incredible they are uh, yeah, they, they probably really they probably had a very well thought out plan to have to make yeah. that all happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 to stand around two are holding him one's holding yeah. two yeah, I was going to say, if yeah. you've been in that situation, you know how many yeah. staff members mm-hmm. that takes yeah. to make that happen. That's yeah, that's, that's incredible. And you're yeah. just sitting there like this, just yeah. <laughs> waiting for them yeah. to do something. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I can picture it. How beautiful. Yeah. 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 Do you see any similarities between your two boys? Does Teddy remind you of Bodie in some ways, in looks or personality? I think um, they've definitely both of them have unfortunately picked up my uh, ear set. My set of ears, which is kind of unfortunate, but um, that's definitely a, a first mm-hmm. one. I think their nose, their nose is pretty much the same as well. Mm, yeah. I do think that some of their physical attributes, like their physical, their face features are different. Mm. Yeah. And I think yeah. Yeah, that's just a natural thing. Yeah. But, mm. um, I think both of them had, you know, like Bodie had a very cheeky behaviour. Mm. You always get himself into mischief mm. and Teddy isn't really much different, you know. Like you'd be, yeah. you'd be, you'd they be both going, had a reputation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're not they're naughty boys. That's the naughty corner. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Uh, yeah. So. Um, I mean, in the same mindset that they definitely do have different personalities and I think, I think that was um, – I guess like a welcome thing to have because I think if if Teddy had almost identical um, mm. personality to Bodhi, that would make it extremely tough mm. yeah. because you'd feel like he's almost reincarnated. You'd mm. be looking at him again. So having having some different attributes definitely helps you separate the two. Um, yeah. yeah, and that way you can kind of approach Teddy with his own mind, like your own mindset for yeah. him. He's his own yeah. person. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, if you're willing, do you mind sharing your experience with grief, how you've navigated this together and the effect it has had on your relationship if sort of if it has had any effect? I guess where where you guys are now, um, with your grief and how you work together. You seem to be such an amazing team. So how you work together um on your bad days and yeah. Yeah, I think um I guess for me, I think when we lost Bodie, I kind of, um, I mean, we both kind of went into like, survival I guess, survival mode. mode. Yeah. Like this didn't just happen. This is not my reality. This is not my life. How did this just happen to me? Mm-hmm. And I remember um, we came up to Queensland and visited my family. We got back from Queensland and I remember Trent went back to work and I was like, in limbo a little bit like I was still on maternity leave Mm. and it was kind of like oh like what happens here do I just go back to work and just Mm. carry on like my life is normal when it's not normal and I should Mm. be at home with the baby and I think like it hit me like a freight train and I Mm. had like the worst anxiety I couldn't leave the house I couldn't even go do grocery shopping I could barely get out of bed some days it was awful Mm. and I remember um I think that I had like 
started having panic attacks when I was out in public and in large groups of people um, and just around like normal life, if that makes any sense. Mm, like yeah. I was like, how can all of these people just be carrying on with their normal life when yeah. like don't they know what just happened? Like mm. how, yeah. you know, all these people just to get to be normal and just get to live this normal life and have no idea the pain that other people mm. go through. Um, and mm. I remember in, we were in Costco one day and um, it was really busy. <laughs> it was crazy busy. And I remember I was having a full-blown panic attack and I had the trolley and I was like gripping onto the trolley and Trent just had my arm and we just like beelined for the exit mm. because I just, yeah, I was just having a panic attack and Trent was like, it's okay, like, mm. come on, like, let's get out of here. But I was like using this trolley as a like, like barrier yeah. for other people because mm. I just was like, I can't have anybody near yeah. me. I can't be in this situation. But um, Trent, we would do box mm. breathing together. Mm. Um, Trent would we would get out and we would trace our hands and we would um, box breathe together to try and like get me through these oh, awful you guys. situations mm. um, because, yeah, we just, yeah, yeah it was awful. Yeah, it's literally, yeah, survival mode. Like literally. How, how do we get through a compounding situation now? Like, yeah. And, yeah, it's um, definitely, definitely mm. a big experience uh, losing a child but then the, the I guess the, ramifications that your yeah. that your brain and your and your persona starts to experience after the loss of, of a child. Yeah, Casey struggled a lot um, being around mm-hmm. people and obviously compounded with COVID at the time in twenty twenty was mm-hmm. uh, was pretty rife throughout Australia. So that I think that contributes to Casey not wanting to have anybody near her because not only were we experiencing grief, you know, any chance you could pick up the virus yeah. at the same time. So Yeah. Yeah, it was a tough one, tough time. Yeah, and then I think, like, Trent kind of mm. was just expected to go back to his normal life. He was mm. kind of just, you know, like we say, we don't really think about the dads. Um, so mm. he just went back to work Straight full time. Work. Yep. And um, I was at home and I kind of eased my way back into work. I started back a couple of days a week. Then I went to um, three days and, you know, worked my way back up to full time um, but I remember Trent, um, I think when we had Teddy, um, Trent, it kind of going back to the NICU, that's kind of mostly when he, um, you know, it kind of hit him then because it mm. was like reliving all of those situations that, mm. um, yeah. you know, we had been through. Yeah. Is it going to be the same or different? It's unknown until you're living it. So it's yeah. the, you know, dwelling on, on what, what the experience is going to be like in the lead up to to have and Teddy. So, you know, it's yeah. um yeah. Was, it wasn't an easy time at all, no. Yeah, and you can see the pain, like even just recalling that story, you can see it in your faces. Like it's yeah, it's mm. absolutely heartbreaking, Casey. Like making Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I just yeah. Can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Like and, we yeah, still have our days and um yeah. I think the best thing for us is yeah, like we said earlier, just talking about it and just letting the other person know like I'm having a bad day today. Like, can you just give me a little bit of a break? Um, yeah. And yeah, that's I guess kind of how we, you know, like what can you do? Right? It's still like, so fresh. I mean, yeah. Well, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Another day, Casey made um a little video a reel for Instagram about Bodie, and she said, you know, just I'll have a look. And as soon as she showed me, I was in tears, crying. She's like, "What's mm. the matter? It's missing." You know, it's yeah. it's such an instant feeling. Like it's not like. You need to drag up an emotion that's still so mm. so real, so fresh. Yeah, you know, it's in, just in sitting beneath life. the surface. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. As soon as you, you see something like that, it um, just brings all your emotions immediately to the surface. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like sometimes, especially now that you have Teddy, like that you're made to feel like you need to be okay now because you have him and you have an alive child? Do you feel that pressure sometimes from yourselves or? from society that you've got Teddy now and you just need to be happy? Do you know what I mean? I'm sure there'd be some some level of, of stigma around the fact that, mm. you know, the, the term rainbow baby is, yeah. I guess, you know, you hear a lot of people say rainbow baby and that kind of creates an acceptance. Yeah. You yeah. know, that, that, that now you've that got it, yeah. They've lost one but now they've got one so, you know, yeah. they're all good and it's not yeah. it's not the case at all. In fact, it kind mm. of 
yeah, it compounds the feelings even worse yeah. and worse because you know you've got like you said your live child with you and yet yeah. you're still grieving the loss yeah. of your previous child that's passed away i think for me i struggle a lot with um mum guilt and like being like i should be this amazing awesome mum and i shouldn't struggle with being a parent to Teddy because I waited so long and I wanted to be a mum and um, I lost Bodie so now I have to be this amazing mum and I put all of these unrealistic expectations mm. on myself of, yeah. you know, the kind of mum that I should be and I, like, get cranky and upset with myself when I break down and I have hard days because, like, we're mums, right? We all have those days. Mm. It's hard. Um, but I think, and I always say to myself, like, oh, I feel like I should be better because I waited and I wanted this for so long mm. um, and now I have it and now I struggle and I feel like I shouldn't. Yeah, but that's that's society as well, putting that on right. you. It's not just yourself and it's that that fine line. Like it, I'd actually talked about this in last week's pod about you know, wanting to be vulnerable and real and show all of the emotions that come with it. Because you are, you guys are so good at raising awareness and openly sharing your story, but you don't, then you don't want to come across as ungrateful for what you do have. Like, it's just, mm. why can't we have, be both, you know, like, it, yeah. 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 And I know even with social media, like struggling with the fact of like, oh, if I keep like only posting Teddy and I don't post Bodie all the time, then like will people think that, yeah, oh, like yeah. I've forgotten about him, like that he doesn't exist anymore. And, As you've been like the, you know, yeah. he will, like we talk about him on a daily basis in our house, but, you know, you just put all of these unrealistic expectations yeah. on like what you will look like and what other people will think and all that kind of stuff, which is, yeah. And it's not something you should even have to think twice about, really. No. You just just do you. That's, yeah, but Absolutely. it's not that easy, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Your experience inspired you to create Bodium Friends in loving memory of your boy, which is both a gorgeous store selling your own handmade candles, diffusers and melts, as well as a blog where you share your grief journey and support others through similar experiences. You are honouring him and continuing to create memories of him in such a special way. We love how you do this together and you are such an epic team. Whose idea was Bodie and Friends and where did the idea come from? Well, I think um, Bodie and Friends, yeah, was, was created in his memory. But I also think that I think it was around the time of his funeral. I actually think it was um, the day of his funeral, the wake back at our house with our family. Um we were sitting around the fire and we were just talking about him and that Casey wanted to do something that not only remembers him but creates a community or an environment, a situation where other people who have experienced similar, the same, worse, can all come and share that experience. Mm -hmm. And I think... Like anything, to start something, you need the idea. And Casey um, really enjoys candles, so that was kind of a go-to for her and her ability to make them. Yeah. And then from there, once Bodin Friends was created, then, you know, the ideas begin to blossom. So we have a product line, but this year is a, a big deal about working towards creating, like, a bigger community we want yeah. to so we've done the blog we'd like to do things like a mother's morning tea where we can get uh, invite people and people to come and speak to the people about you know these sort of situations and how how it feels and they talk about your experience and i think mm. Bodie and friends will one day be able to to do that to create a community where people from all walks of life can come and share their stories together and and not mm. feel that, you know, the mum guilt, not feel unsupported, not feel yeah, that you're alone. a person yeah. going through this. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's so lovely. Yeah. yeah. And it's needed, so needed, as you are oh, obviously well aware. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. All right, so um, the last topic we sort of wanted to discuss is quite a sensitive one, um, and I'm so thankful to you guys for being a voice for so many and being vulnerable and opening up about this. I did ask you um, 
before coming on if you're okay to talk about this because it is again another taboo subject that I want to kind of break that stigma um I can only imagine how many people you will help by simply creating space for this conversation so thank you um but yeah how did you make the decision to have another baby firstly after losing Bodhi I think um for Trent and I I guess having another baby was never a question you know like we Brody was never going to be an only child. So we thought, like, why should we let what, you know, what we've been through um, stop us from trying to have another baby? And, you know, we both really wanted, like, we love being parents. So, um, you know, we really wanted the opportunity to have an aside baby to love and adore. So, it kind mm-hmm. of wasn't really a question, I guess. Um, we kind of just needed to make sure that we were in the right headspace. Yeah. Um, and I guess for me it was about like not filling a void but you feel this like gaping hole in your heart by you wanted to be a, like I wanted to be a mum and we got pregnant and, you know, you get really excited and then that all got like ripped mm. out from underneath me. So it's about like making sure that we were able to feel those feelings. Yeah, well, that again. doesn't go away, yeah. does it? Just because, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and I knew that Teddy was going to help me pick up the pieces again and that's mm-hmm. exactly what he did. So yeah. we will yeah. never forget our firstborn. And, um, but Teddy helped me pick all the pieces back up and put them all back together. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, not a single regret or um yeah and even how early after um we lost Brody yeah yeah so was that was that a discussion you had about starting to try again yeah together yeah yeah yeah. I mean yeah we yeah we're pretty fortunate um it didn't take too long for either of our children so um I guess you know once we made the decision that we would like to try um after we were married you know that was a relatively easy thing to decide upon and then I think more more time and effort and more consideration needs to go into a decision to try again for another baby especially um, Casey's pregnancy let alone um, the subsequent outcome of having a premature baby in the NICU you know Casey Casey needed a bit of um, like medical assistance to get through a pregnancy to get to where she did you know, obviously, yeah. um, Bodie was born at 25 weeks. So um, when we tried again, we, we knew that we would need a bit of extra support. So yeah. we yeah. Uh, immediately sought help from a obstetrician who specialised in high-risk pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, for the first 12 weeks, you can't really do a whole lot mm-hmm. in the first trimester. But um, from 12 weeks onwards, a lot of medical support yeah. and intervention to try and get the pregnancy further along um, than before, which which obviously got us an extra 15 days um, for Teddy, yeah. which yeah. which doesn't sound like a hell of a lot. I'm sure a lot of your listeners um, can appreciate what 15 days yeah. means for pregnancy and yeah. the difference, you know, is in like the proof is in the pudding, so to speak, when you mm-hmm. see the quality of lungs poor Bodie had at 25 weeks versus Teddy. An extra yeah. 15 days later was intubated yeah. for all three or four days and he was on the yeah. seat. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Um, getting that extra support through high-risk obstetrician really, I guess, really made the difference in the end. Yeah, and I think for us it was making sure that we had those people in our corner before we made that decision yeah. Yeah. to have another baby, you know, making sure we had a good team and that everybody was on the same page and that we were like ready to tackle whatever came yeah. It's not just us. off the whim, it's a committed Yeah, yeah well, that's yeah. right, yeah. 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 And yeah, you kind of have to, to be, first. yeah, you kind of have to be prepared to do that all over again and do the exact same yes. story. Your mind, your body all has to be ready for it, which yeah. people listening will probably think, how could you ever try and do that again after you know what you've just been through? How could you even make that decision? But unless you've been in that, in that situation, yeah. no one's ever going to stop you from trying to have a baby Earthside just because of what you've been through. But I get it a lot 
people saying as if you would try and have another baby because of what's happened or like what if it happens again it's like well that's a conscious decision that we have to make as a family and as a medical team and it's not something you've taken yeah Mm -hmm. and exactly what if we have the perfect love story that everybody dreams of Mm -hmm. in in having a baby and and imagine not trying and then not knowing that like it's just that whole yeah no one can make that decision for you exactly at the end of the day we do like we do what we have to do right exactly yeah and for you and yeah exactly and yeah. what gives yeah. people the right to to make that decision for you or even have an Absolutely. opinion on whether you're doing the right thing or not. So, yeah, I think that's amazing that you guys, It's it would take such courage, I think, after what you've been through to then mm-hmm. go again and look at your little teddy now. Aren't you so glad mm-hmm. you made that decision? <laughs> Absolutely. And, I mean, at the end of the day, we can all dream that it won't happen again, yeah. right? Like, yeah. 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 yeah 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 there's exactly. odds for a reason yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah so in saying that what does the future hold for you guys is there a chance that if you decide to have another child that they would be born prematurely and how do you navigate all of this and these hard decisions after everything you've already been through we yeah we already get asked already I mean yeah. Casey's nan loves to loves to yeah. say that Teddy can't be an only child so yeah. you have to remind her yeah, yeah that um he does have an older brother yeah. watching over him but yeah I think um I think continuing to have more children is is definitely confident you need to have more consideration than previously yeah and I think yeah um you really got to weigh up the the decision of mm. going through a pregnancy that has the potential to be the same, worse or better yeah. than your previous pregnancy, you know, mm. and it's... If only we had a crystal ball. ball like, yeah. yeah, I know, those yeah. unknowns, yeah. It is, yeah. it is, you know, and I guess when, when you don't have a child at home, mm. ma- making the decision to have try for your first child probably seems like a, a simple yeah. straightforward sort of question are yeah. you emotionally prepared for pregnancy and a baby yes or no yeah you know yeah. there could yeah. be other factors in your personal life but yeah. generally trying for a baby is a yes or a no yeah, yeah. And well, most people aren't in our situation are they that's why we've got this podcast yeah. <laughs> you need to write yeah. like it's diagrams and flow charts and yes and no spreadsheets yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Subsequent pregnancies that um, definitely need more consideration, yeah. I think, because yeah. especially anyone going through um, anything like we have with yeah. our pregnancies, then can appreciate that you is it going to be a, another 25 or 27 week? Mm. Are we gonna get yeah. further? Is it going to be shorter? Yeah. You just don't know. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's the thing is you're just never going to know, right? No, no. Yeah. yeah. Just, Have the doctors given you any advice? So, or, yeah. Um, well, I guess when I had Teddy, um, it was I had a 75% chance of having a full-term, healthy, mm. uh, normal, uh, normal, I shouldn't full say term, normal. That's yeah, term. Term. You can yeah, say baby. that on here, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> No. Every time yeah. I say normal, I say I hate saying normal, but then I say yeah. Yeah. yes, yeah, no, yeah. Um, so we had a seventy-five percent chance of having a full-term pregnancy, mm-hmm. and I mean, we were the unlucky twenty-five yeah. percent. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it could happen again. I could go to term. Mm. You know, you don't know. So yeah, yeah, you literally are running the risk. And I mean, yeah. I think for both Trent and I, if we were speaking with our hearts, we would say we would have another baby yeah. without even thinking about it. Yeah. You know, you think but it's logical, not always that easy. No. no. Yeah. With your logical head, um, then yeah. I, yeah, I don't And really as know. you guys are, know and have experienced, the high-risk pregnancies are just so bad for your mental health. Like they are so hard. Um, and like you were saying, Casey, like with my second pregnancy with Jack, I just, every single niggle, I was mm. like sure it was the end. I was reading into absolutely everything. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, that's probably the yeah the lowest that I've been in terms of 
I just was not coping. Um, yeah. So it's not just like, you know, the physical side of it and the, the effects, the after effects, it's going through, you know, the, the pregnancy and the stress of that. Um, yeah. Were you, were you unwell with your births at all, Casey? So, I mean, um, as soon as I don't have a baby growing inside me anymore, I'm perfectly yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so once I'm not... That's another thing to consider, like, is yes. your health as well? Like, it's, it's just yeah. so much. Yeah. With, I mean, with Bodie, I was um, helped in groom, so mm. I yeah. was, yeah, yeah my sick. liver was about yeah. to go into failure. So yeah. I was really, really sick. Um, I didn't quite get that bad with Teddy but you just yeah you really never know so yeah that is another factor and mm. Trent always says you know we could lose the baby we could lose me like mm. so yeah you just I don't know I guess we're kind of that's where we are at the moment yeah. we're sitting yeah. halfway on the fence of yeah. um, our heart says yes but our head say no yeah yeah, yeah. hard decision yeah. absolutely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I wonder if you can get some sort of I know when after James um because we had quite a few we had a few complications that we knew were going to be a problem the next pregnancy so we knew Mm -hmm. that they were going to affect our next pregnancy and Mm. we got what they call pre-pregnancy counseling so it was almost like we had a meeting with the uh, maternal fetal medicine team um basically it was almost like a pros and cons like you said Mm. list of weighing up what could happen you know the chances of that and just I think that helped just to get our minds in the right Mm. space like from a professional point of view as well because there's so much again we can that churns over in our minds and it's always a little bit of worst case scenario but once I sort of sat down with that doctor and got some of the stats and Mm. I think it kind of leveled me out a little bit and said okay so the risks aren't probably as as bad yeah. as my mind is yeah. creating um so yeah. yeah I wonder if there's something like that that you could yeah. maybe yeah and I mean yeah. definitely that's something that we would have to do is yeah sit down yeah. and yeah. Um, make sure that I mean my body's in the best position that it yeah. can to yeah. try and carry yeah. a baby to term yeah. um and yeah. that mentally that we're both prepared for yeah anything because I mean we've yeah seen two sides of a mm. NICU journey so yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. should have to be prepared for anything at the end of the day. And yeah. we, being in this community, have heard it all. Everybody's journey is different. Yeah. So you have to be mentally prepared. Yeah. Um, as well as, yeah, making sure that I um, am physically prepared yeah. as well to um, give our baby yeah. that doesn't exist yet yeah. um, <laughs> a chance. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hey, Emma, I just want to jump in here, actually. Mm -hmm. Speaking of um, what sort of you were saying about wanting to give, Mm. or what Trent was saying about wanting to give Teddy a sibling, but, you know, Mm. he's obviously already got one. Mm. But there is still that, you know, that that, I guess you've got the same, Emma, wanting to give Hazel an Earthside Mm. sibling. And that's I think that's only only natural. Um, Do you have that same feeling? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think especially as as they grow older, I think it's different when you obviously Teddy's only so little. Um, he doesn't know any different. He doesn't know that he has a big brother up in heaven. But I think Hazel is four and she very much so knows that she no longer has a sister. So I think we feel, I suppose, a lot of pressure, not from her because she doesn't know she's doing it, um, to give her yeah. that, that somebody to play with and to give her that that normal sibling experience. Um, she, she had to go through the NICU journey with us and the surgeries and then obviously the loss mm. of Willow. So she, as much as we haven't experienced a normal journey, she hasn't either. So not only would I love that for us, yeah. but I would love that for her. So I think that's a, a massive indication for us, but it's also a hard one. You, you don't want that to be the only reason as to why you decide to have another child. So, um, but yeah, we think about it every time we yeah. see her playing with other kids, we think how amazing it would be for her to always have somebody. But um, yeah, it's, it is, like you said, a massive yeah. lifelong decision and you never know what the outcome's gonna be um so we were recommended we've already spoken about this amy but to do some um genetic testing from the women's and children's 
So myself, Dylan and Hazel would have some bloods and swabs done and just see if there's anything in our genetics that caused the premature births and caused what happened to Willow. So I think that's definitely a route that will go go down before we um, make that decision just so that we can know that, not that you can ever know that you're making the right decision, but to have something behind us to say yes or, or, or no. Well, yeah, so I that think, extra information. Yeah, that yeah. might help us make that yeah. decision. Yeah, yes. yeah. And the last thing I would want is to be neglecting a, a perfect test that you can do that can tell you something just so that you can do it so yeah we'll we'll try that I think and see where that takes us but that's also scary in itself what if that comes back and says no you shouldn't then that's Mm. yeah it's it's huge so yeah Yeah. Um, I think for um for Emma I think that's a really good um opportunity that yourself and your Mm. family can can um to go through um it's definitely a confronting thing um, mm. especially when they give you all the uh, paperwork that you got to sign off, you yeah. know, and they're pretty much telling yeah. you that we don't know what we're going to find, but we'll, mm. well, whatever yeah. we find, we'll, yeah. we'll let you know. It's definitely a confronting um, yeah. situation to be in. But personally, Casey and I yeah. have been through it, genetic testing for both of our children yeah. Um, yeah. to unfortunately receive no no greater insight. Yeah. That there was nothing yeah. that came back to tell us as to why yeah. um, the premature premature babies was caused yeah. or as to, to anything mm. around that. So it's definitely yeah. um, it's a huge. good facility to be offered. Yeah. It's a hard, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. A hard waiting game knowing yeah. to find out what if there is anything that did cause yeah. it. Yeah. And that's what we, me and Dylan said the other day. We've waited this long for a coroner's report and then now you want to go want us to go and do this other testing yeah. and what if that tells me that that it was my fault or um you know what I mean is that mm. information that yeah. I need to have but you, I suppose then you need that information that to make time. yeah an informed decision about the future but bloody hell it'll be hard yeah. hard information yeah. to to look at after all this time but you do what you got to do to have healthy happy babies don't you absolutely and I think yeah. it's like a whole nother level of um mm. you know what somebody's expecting of you, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, like you're putting a whole another added level of stress yeah. because, um, yeah. you know, Hazel having a sibling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and you hear it from everybody. Mm. Like not this. It's and people don't mean to do it, and I'm I'm sure you will learn this as um, Teddy gets older. They don't mean mean the comments that they make sometimes about them having a sibling or blah 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 but it does it starts to add up and it just makes you think oh shit like am I've am I making Hazel miss out on something that she should have so it is yeah yeah it's a lot yeah it's massive but yeah it is what it is and they just they I just I'm sitting here and I'm like these are just decisions that no person should ever like these are things that no person should ever have to even consider and Mm. yeah and that's it's just so important that we are talking yeah. about this because there are people there's you, you know there's you two here sitting in front of me and there's so many others that have been through or are going through this and it's just yeah, yeah like you said having someone talk about it openly and just yeah. knowing you're not on your own that there's yeah. others out there it's so important because it's such a yeah it's such a mental burden to just yeah. carry on your own so yeah. And I think, like you said, people knowing that it's not just having a rainbow baby, it's not quite as simple as that and it's not it's not all pretty and it's not all beautiful because you got your rainbow at mm. the end of it. There's, yeah, a lot of heartache that goes goes into that. So I think that's that's massive as well. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming on and chatting to us. I am... Um, adore you both like big fan (laughs) (laughs) I just stalk you quietly from afar (laughs) Um, and obviously Bodhi was a huge part of my Miracle Mama family and always will be and I just adored watching him and obviously felt deeply when you lost him so um, yeah he'll always hold a very special place in my heart and Yeah, can't wait to watch Teddy grow and, yeah. yeah, see you guys doing what you're doing. And obviously, Trent, you are, yeah, you're epic. I think you're 
what every male should be um, in terms yeah. of talking openly, raising awareness of mental health and mm. just being the face and the voice because I think that you're making a bigger difference than you even realise. So, yeah, well absolutely. done. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's super special. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. are making an amazing team and I'm so glad you've got each other. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks you. for Thanks having for us. Gosh, how good was that? I feel like I say this every time, but that has to be one of my favourite chats. They're just the best. The most genuine, humble and beautiful people with so much love to give. If you want to follow along and see more of Casey and Trent's darling boys, make sure you head over to their Instagram account, Bodie and Friends. That's at Bodie underscore and friends. And also check out their store while you're at it. You can find that at www.bodieandfriends.com.au. Casey and Trent also have uh, separate Instagram accounts and I will tag them in our post this week so you can find them via our Raw the Podcast Instagram page. All right, so next week we've decided to go back to basics with just the two of us, Emma and Amy, and do another Raw Real Talk about everything that's been happening in our lives over the past few weeks. We've both had a lot going on and could really use a vent and a therapy session. (laughs) I feel like there's so much for us to catch up on and I think it will be good for both Emma and I to yeah just sit down and go back to basics so thank you once again for joining us I hope you learned something new I really hope you enjoyed hearing Casey and Trent chat and we'll be back in your ears again next week bye guys